the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, there's this thought, this idea that permeates our society these days that man is, well, man is basically good. And after we grow, we make decisions to remain good or go bad. Well, as we get back to God's Word, as we return to the book of Genesis, we are reminded that it doesn't take long once sin enters our lives to follow bad after bad. And that is what Pastor Leighton Sheely is exploring here in Genesis as we take a look at the descendants of Cain today and find out just how bad follows bad. As we begin our time together, we do so with a review of where we've been so far in our studies in Genesis and what we've been learning. Here's Pastor Layton with today's study verse by verse. Genesis chapter 4, we're studying this fascinating book of Genesis, uh, the book of beginnings. It tells us that God created everything that exists, that he continues to rule over his creation. It tells us of humanity's tragic fall into sin and death, but also that God is unfolding a plan of redemption and that uh, it contains some of the most memorable stories in the Bible, like Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. It uh, was written by Moses around the year 1440 uh, B.C. or thereabouts. And, uh, but before we began our study of Genesis, we were reminded of where our church family, uh, what our church family's view of Scripture is. In our statement of faith, you'll find this. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God, and that men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of Scripture. The Bible is therefore without error in its original manuscripts. God has supernaturally preserved the Bible and it is the sole and final authority for faith and life, providing encouragement, guidance, comfort, and instruction for training in righteousness. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God and without error in its original manuscripts. And the Bible says something, we believe it to be true. And the Bible is always proven to have been reliable as scientists, archaeologists, historians, and other researchers continue to discover the keys of our world. We then looked at the uh, creation account in Genesis chapter 1. We contrasted that with the theory of evolution. The theory of evolution is, of course, an effort to assault the credibility of the Bible by undermining the credibility of the first five words. In the beginning, God created. Because if you don't believe the first five words, how are you going to believe anything that follows thereafter? And so the evolutionists would say something like, follow the science, but they don't really mean that. Uh, real science is based on scientific method of observation and experimentation, and that contradicts the fundamental assumptions upon which the theory of evolution is built. True science, with its discoveries such as the laws of thermodynamics, tends to support the creation account and contradict the theory of evolution. Now, true science is based on observation and experimentation, and there was one who observed the creation of the universe, the one who created it, God. And God has given his testimony, but there are some scientists who have rejected his testimony and seek some other explanation 
for the elegance and intricacies of what exists. We then looked at chapter 1, verses 26 and following, which focuses on the creation of mankind. And it tells us that God created two genders, male and female, and uh, he, made, he made the decision who was what. God made them male and female. So there's no confusion there. He made both in the image of God. Male and female both have specific roles. And a combination of these scriptural doctrines are the basis for God's design of marriage and family. It's important for us, both as a church family and as individuals, to make a decision as to what we believe about the Bible. Because the Bible is going to conflict with many things this present culture asserts. Christians live in and are influenced by a culture that does not look at things biblically. And a Christian's only counter to such influence is through daily immersion in the Word of God. Because a little 30-minute sermon on Sunday, no matter how well it's prepared or presented, is ill-equipped to counter the hours that we are being conditioned subconsciously uh, each day as we go about our business. And that's why it's important for each of us individually in our, to have a time of daily devotions and read the Word of God, because it's the Word of God that will cleanse our thoughts. Now, topics in the Bible, subjects in the Bible, are addressed in many places. And so uh, we need to connect them, like we connect dots, correctly to see the picture. If we don't have a consistent beginning point and process, we can incorrectly connect dots and get the wrong picture. And Genesis is important because it sets the foundation for understanding everything else that follows in Scripture. The law or rule uh, or principle of first mention is a guideline for studying Scripture. The law of first mention says that to understand a particular word or doctrine in the Scripture, we need to find the first place that that occurs and study that passage. And the reasoning is that the Bible's first mention of a topic is the foundation upon which those doctrines are then more fully developed later. And so in order for us to more fully understand a complex uh, uh, or important topic, we, we should start with this first mention that's very oftentimes found in the book of Genesis the book of beginnings. Now, in chapter 3, we find that sin had entered the human race, and it didn't take long for that corruption to spread and defile God's creation. Like a, like a cancer, evil uh, brought death wherever it went. God's vice regents on earth who were created in his image, the man and the woman, couldn't manage their own lives, let alone God's creation. And it wasn't long before things began to fall apart. You remember when we got together last, we studied the first portion of chapter 4, in which we find that Cain killed Abel. He was given the opportunity to confess and repent, but chose not to. Uh, God's punishment was that he would wander in the land of wandering. The word nod means wandering. So he's a wanderer in the land of wandering. But one day he found a place where he settled down and he built a city. And although the ground would not yield its bounty to him as a farmer, he could build on the ground and he would succeed. As would be considered normal, Cain wanted a wife, sought a wife, and, and so he not only built a city, he also built a family because he wanted his name to be remembered. Um, he probably had no idea that all of us many, many centuries later would still know his name because not only his name but his story is given to us in God's holy word. When we met together last, we were reminded that this chapter 4 talks about the fruit of sin. Chapter 3 gives us the root of sin and roots bear fruit. Chapter 4 uh, was the fruit of sin. Uh, sin causes division. 
It causes division between God and mankind. It causes division between husbands and wives. It causes divisions between brothers. It causes divisions in churches and in nations. The first murder was over a, over a religious difference. So we've talked about that when we got together last. We're going to pick our study up today at verse 17. It says, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, a couple of things here. The, the, the narrator doesn't explain how and where Cain got his wife. And so we can assume that Cain's wife was a sister or niece. Uh, Genesis 5.4 says, The days of Adam, after he fathered Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Now, when we think about the idea of marrying our brother or our sister, uh, that probably sounds a bit repulsive. Uh, There's something wrong with that picture. And there is for us. We don't marry sisters or half-sisters or first cousins and so forth because of the law of Moses. But remember, just 400 years before Moses penned the law, Abraham married his half-sister. And so it wasn't until the law of Moses where the Bible forbade marrying such close relationships. So could Cain have married his own sister or niece? The answer is yes. And in that day, the race had not suffered the pollution of succeeding centuries. Uh, Today, interbreeding brings out the harmful genes that result in such things as lower IQ and other problems. Uh, remember, the, the uh, royal families in Europe used to intermarry, and uh, that created some really crazy kings. Um, so, uh, but in the early days, this was not so. And uh, we can also be sure that they had many to choose from, uh, because uh, one writer has estimated that if in the several hundred years that Adam lived, only half of the children that would normally be born grew up, and they probably all grew up, and, and those that only half of those who grew up got married, and they probably all got married. And if only half of those who got married had children, and they probably had children, that even at the half, half, half rate, Adam would have lived to see more than one million of his own descendants. Very conservative estimates. There were plenty of people in the world at that time. So Cain's wife bore him a son. He named the son Enoch. That word Enoch is related to a Hebrew word meaning consecrated. So both the son and the city were named consecrated, but we are not told to whom or to what. Uh, They were consecrated. The word city here is one of two words in the Old Testament that describes a city. And we think of cities in terms of size, but that's not what differentiates these two words. The two words, uh, one means a city that is surrounded by a wall. And the other word means a city that's not. And it doesn't matter about the size. It's just a matter if if it's a walled city or not. The word that is used here describes a walled city. And so what this suggests is this is Cain's attempt at providing security for himself. He's not quite sure that he can put his trust in God. That's what got him in the problem in the first place. And so he's ensuring his own protection. This is also indicative of a continuing desire to be independent from God as well. And that's called the way of Cain, slipping, sliding away from God. Then the next verse tells us about some of his descendants. To Enoch was born Irad, to Irad, and Irad fathered Mehujel, and Mehujel fathered Methushel, and Methushel fathered Lamech. 
or Lamech. The pronunciation is uncertain to me. I grew up calling him Lamech. So if you don't mind, I'll call him Lamech. But it might have been Lamech, all right? Uh, Now, we don't know anything about most of the people in this list until we get to Lamech or Lamech. And it says here, And Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Adah, and the name of the other, Zillah. And so it didn't take very long for God's design of marriage to get warped. This is the first time in the Bible where monogamous marriage breaks down. He married two wives, Adah and Zillah. So the scripture in Genesis 2.24 where it says, A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, has now been warped to mean and cleave to his wives, as in plural. The scripture's been warped. And so here we see at the initial uh, growth of civilization, the first signs of degeneration with the institution of polygamy, which came to dominate much of the narrative of Genesis. You know, you take a look at where the Sacramento River originates, and it's bubbling right out of rock, pristine water. But within a quarter of a mile, the dust and dirt surrounding it has already polluted it to where it's undrinkable. You know, it doesn't take long here in Genesis to see things go from bad to worse as well when it's regarding sin. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, online at highlands.us. We'll see you tomorrow for another broadcast here in Genesis. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.